I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. And we are one step closer to seeing reality, and that is Utah and Pac-12 football. On Saturday morning, the Pac-12 announced the schedule, seven-game schedule, for each team within the conference, and that means the University of Utah as well. And to me, this schedule lays out perfectly for Utah. If you guys head over to kslsports.com, I lay out the breakdown of Utah's schedule. I'm just going to tell you right now what it is, but Utah will open up the season on Saturday, November 7th at home against Arizona, which I think is a win for Utah. And then they will have a short turnaround, play on Friday, November 13th, week two at UCLA, which I think that is a winnable game. And I believe the Utes will win. By that point, I think that they will be 2-0. Week 3, Saturday, November 21st, at home against USC. That one's going to be a tough one. I think that one could potentially be a loss, especially because there won't be fans at Rice-Eccles Stadium. If there was fans there, I would say that the Utes would win that game. That's how big of, of an advantage Utah has at home with the Moss and with, the, and, and with all the Utah Utes fans. and I think it's huge. So to not have them is a big hit. And then they'll turn around and head down to Tempe to take on Arizona State on Saturday, November 28th. That one's going to be a difficult game as well. Jaden Daniels is really is really good. Herm Edwards has a team going there. And then the one crossover game, and I know that we've, we've talked about this, that it could have potentially been Oregon, Washington, whatever it is. But it's not Oregon. It's not Washington. It's not Washington State. It's Oregon State which I think is favorable as well because uh, Coach Smith lost a lot of really talented players. But he's also building a really good program. And then they will round out the regular season portion on Friday, December 11th at Colorado, which I think is a very winnable game as well. So I think at that point, 
I think worst case scenario, Utah's three and three, and that's because they they drop one against a team that they should have uh, beat. But I think best case scenario, you're five and one. I have them at four and two. I have them losing to Arizona State and USC and beating everybody else. But this is favorable because if you go back to Utah's ten game conference only schedule that was released on July thirty first, prior to the shutdown, Utah was set to play. Washington State, Colorado, Oregon State, and also the UCLA Bruins, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, California, USC, and Oregon. You take off Oregon. You take off Cal, who are both really, really good. You take off Washington, who has a good team. And you also take off Washington State. Who's to say that you might not play them at the at the end of the year? But this schedule favors Utah. Is it favorable enough for them to win the Pac-12 South for the third straight year? I think it is. But it also depends on what USC and Arizona State do. Because I think those are the two teams that are going to be in Utah's way of getting a three-peat in the South Division. Now, they have two Friday games. They don't have back-to-back home games or back-to-back road games. They alternate each week. And then in that seventh week, I guess they're calling it championship week or something like that, where each team will have a game. It's just a matter of where you're seated. So if you're the number one team out of the South you'll play the number one team out of the North. And that'll be for the Pac-12 championship. And then the other teams will will play one another. That'll be another cross-division game. It's just number two South faces number two North, number three South, number three North, so on and so forth, all the way down to six. So that's going to be the seventh game. I don't know as far as who will host what. That's up to the conference. But that's basically the breakout. Now, looking at each team as we just glance at it, by the way, we don't have uh, kickoff times or television yet, so none of them will be broadcast on the Pac-12 networks, which sucks for them because there's obviously in their in their TV deal they have to provide so many games, and having that six-game schedule, seven-game schedule, it doesn't fill up all the games that that are are in the contract that have to be broadcast on those networks. So they can't put any on the Pac-12 network. So all of the games through the first six weeks of the season will be televised nationally by either ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, Fox, or FS1. And Fox is going to televise the, the championship game on Friday, December 18th. Now it's going to be part of that championship week or whatever, the crossover. Now, just a quick look at each team, and then we'll get out of here. So the Utes opening up against Arizona is very, very favorable. So obviously we know what happened last season. 35-7 win down in Tucson. Utah is 5-4 against the Wildcats since becoming Pac-12 opponents. And Utah's won the last four meetings. Arizona brings back uh, a few starters. They lost a lot of them over the COVID-19 pandemic because three guys transferred. Colin Schooler, Brendan Schooler, and Tony Fields. But they have a really good quarterback in Grant Gannell. Gary Brightwell is a, is a really good running back, but you lose J.J. Taylor, who is a really good running back for them. He's now in the NFL playing for the New England Patriots. So I think that that's going to be a win. And then you look at the UCLA Bruins. It's not been a great time for Chip Kelly in his era in Westwood, although Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a, is a really good quarterback. But they don't have Joshua Kelly, who was their leading running back last year. He's now with the L.A. Chargers. And Utah beat the Bruins 49-3 to at home. And the Utes are 6-3 and against 
the Bruins as Pac-12 foes. And Utah's won the last four matchups. But there's not a lot of experience coming back as they will return just nine starters, six on offense, and just three on defense. And then the USC Trojans, Keaton Slovis, we all know him and how good he is. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyler Vaughn's the only weapon you truly lose on offense is, is Michael Pittman, who's now with the Indianapolis Colts. But they actually took a hit on defense. They lost uh, former Bingham star J2 Fele, who decided to opt out and enter the 2021 NFL draft. And then for Arizona State, Jaden Daniels is back. Herm Edwards has really built a really good team. Their O-line is it doesn't have a ton of experience, but they did get a lot of reps from last season under their belt. Utah beat them 21-3 to at home last year, but they're only 3-6 and against Arizona State since 2011. They lost Brandon Ayuk and Eno Benjamin both to the NFL. Ayuk is with the San Francisco 49ers, and Benjamin is with the Arizona Cardinals. And then for Oregon State, Jake Luton's gone, Artavis Pierce, Isaiah Hodgins, just to name a few, but they also have Jamar Jefferson and linebacker Hamilcar Rashad Jr., who is one of the top linebackers in the entire country, but they're going to need to figure out their quarterback situation. And then Colorado, Carl Durrell comes in, um, hasn't had a lot of time to really connect with his players, so it's going to be a challenge, especially in this pandemic, and he, and he came in late because of the abrupt departure of Mel Tucker when he went to Michigan State. But they do have Alex Fontenot coming back on offense. He'll be a junior at running back, and linebacker Nate Landman is going to be their top guy on defense. So that's the schedule. That is the breakdown right there. And uh, it's going to be really exciting to have Utah and Pac-12 football coming back. There's even a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff, 10 a.m. Mountain time. Only one game's been announced, and that is the opener. It'll be the Arizona State Sun Devils taking on the USC Trojans, and it'll be at USC, and it'll be a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff on Fox. And the uh, Big Noon Fox pregame show will be there. So that's the only game that we know right now as far as kickoff times. But it's good to know when and where Utah is going to be playing as they try to get their third straight Pac-12 South Division title and hopefully hoist up the uh, Pac-12 championship trophy. As they always say, third time's the charm, and we hope that that's the case with the Utes. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor A. Sports or on Instagram at Trevor Allen KSL. And also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KSL Sports. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Till next time, you've been listening to the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's always powered by KSLSports.com. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts.